Hi, welcome to the Inner Dive. This is Esther, and I'm joined currently by a chorus of cicadas. I'm not sure if that is audible or not on the recording, but my official guest that you'll hear in a minute is Emma Lyles. Uh, I get into more of her bio in the show notes, but another way you could say it is if you imagine Hermione Granger had a devout Buddhist phase before diving wholeheartedly into herbology. And that is a compliment on all fronts and gives you a little bit of the flavor of this wonderful human that I have the honor to call one of my dearest friends. You will notice that this week we actually have pretty extensive show notes and a reference list of various works that are cited. And you can dig into any of those that intrigue you for follow-up or for further reference. But one of the things that gets mentioned in passing is a poem by Mary Oliver, and I didn't do it full justice or say my favorite lines from it when I referenced it, but I feel like it would be an appropriate way to start this episode. So I'm going to read the full thing to you, and then we'll get into the call, the conversation with Emma. The Wild Geese by Mary Oliver. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about your despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. Do you want to do the normal greeting? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So I call you and I say, Melon. Condor! Because, <laughs> right? Wait, actually, when you call me, I think I still am the first one. It's supposed to be the you, call I and think response. You always are. Oh, wait, you're not recording yet? That was in practice? No, this was it. This is it. We're on now. The <laughs> <laughs> so practice and the actuality of what we really do. Okay. And what do we yeah. really do? It's just what we just did. Oh. Okay. I thought it was saying it was different. Okay. Anyway. No. Hi. <laughs> Now that we've greeted each other off off camera. We're ready for the inward dive. We're ready for the inner. Mm, I know. Inner I switched dive. it. I switched it. Do you know why you know why I switched yeah, it? Yeah. I do. Oh my gosh. As I spoke it, I just remember that. Yeah. <sighs> I, I I would say that my um my Virgo and Pisces aspects have been at a real um tug of war. Well and, say more. Uh just like rebalancing who gets to drive the creative force and I'm letting more of the Pisces out, which also includes not giving as much of a shit about the state of cleanliness and orderliness. Floppy fish right there. Like just kind of (laughs) reveling in mess a little bit and just being like, Ooh, we're in the midst of creative chaos. The vast ocean. All is accepted. Yes. So, 
uh, I don't know, how was that related no judgment. to? Oh, but the Virgo-ness came out in trying to fine-tune the name of the podcast and not yeah. overthinking, maybe not overthinking, but I couldn't get it out of my head that N-word didn't sound like I wanted it to sound. It doesn't. Inner is much clearer. Yes, for the spoken word. Welcome to... <laughs> Our conversation. Mm, thank you. Yeah. The inner dive. Yeah. Whatever it's going to be, which is really most of our conversations are of this ilk, whatever this is going I know. to be. So this is just the further manifestation of what we share all the time. Always an inner dive. Always. Which, Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The And I think almost, almost a year anniversary of us theorizing putting more of our work out into the world while we were camped, oh, yeah. camped together at Lost Lake. Totally. And yeah. I did uh, explore through some photos and found the video of the song that we created. <laughs> um, we don't have to. I don't know if that's for public consumption. Oh, it is. The video does not I have mean, to be. But... The, just... I say that, but actually maybe it is because it does showcase me more in my like silliness aspect, mm, Yeah, which is fun. I can I send really it to silly. you and you can, you are silly. That's one of the things. I mean, not, yeah. you're not only silly. You're a very, you're a very <laughs> studious person and you have a lot of like, you have a lot of depth to you, but the silliness is one of the things I really appreciate about you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think that is something we share. Yeah. Actually, we sh- yeah the silly the silliness and the depths. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And being the able main to question yo-yo. on my mind right now though is, do you still sell those sweatshirts, or is that like a phase that's beyond? It is not a phase that's beyond, and I do like this. But they stopped. The producer stopped making this particular crop shirt. But I do want to start doing sweatshirts again. That's cool. Yeah. Just a plug for your sweatshirts. Thank you. They're beautiful. Oh, thank you. I had a regret that I never got one of those, the craft mm. versions. They were cute. But like, I'll be I'll be stoked to see about whatever comes of it. Yeah, I think that there is a different supplier that I can look into and it's just another thing that I need just to do. Just another thing. Just another yeah. thing. Another thing for do. the Virgo to do. Yeah. We'll get to it. You would think I would have gotten to it during Virgo season, but apparently during the season it was mainly a practice of letting go of feeling like I needed to do to do lists. Well, corresponding, right, with right at the beginning, we were still in Venus retrograde mm-hmm. and Mercury retrograde. Yeah. There were, yeah, there were mm-hmm. reviews taking place. Not that I feel like that has to be any reason for anything to right. happen. I just want to put that out there. That is one of my favorite things about your approach to astrology because it influences yeah, mine. It doesn't have to mean anything. And you know who really influences my view of astrology is uh paramaha wait oh gosh Par- oh paramahansa parahansa yogananda okay anybody who actually knows his name you know what it is he yes. wrote autobiography of a yogi mm. and that book was that hit me at such a pivotal time i was like 21 between 21 22 fresh back from my first time in india like with the buddhists i was so depressed because i felt as though my Western world life like meant nothing Mm. anymore. And like only like practicing towards enlightenment was like the only true thing. And I was in college and I'd go to the library and like scour the uh, East Asian, South Asian, you know, book section, the philosophy, the religions. And I found autobiography of a yogi and I read it and 
not only did like every other sentence make me cry, but Aww. to this day, such a powerful influence because he talks about how, so tradition for anyone who doesn't know Vedic astrology in India, super strong tradition, like especially in the past in certain areas, this is not all over India. Of course, it's such a diverse country, but many, many people made many decisions such as who to marry especially in the past based on astrology based on like never meeting this person before and now Mm. of course I'm not speaking about everyone all the time whatnot but he was told by four different astrologers that he would marry at these different times in his life and he was so adamant that his life was dedicated to God and to his spiritual practice that he was just like no astrology chart has any say on my destiny like that is between me and god and Mm. he just like screw this i'm this this doesn't mean anything yeah and that was definitely mirrored in it is mirrored in like the tibetan texts as well buddhist texts where they sort of talk about like yeah people can like spend their whole life studying astrology like but what about awakening and (laughs) i guess my view now is it's like a both, right? Yeah. Right. It's yeah. Like it can be all those things. And like, we can also look at it and really get a lot of benefit from knowing it's just like knowing it's raining outside. Like, okay. So I can either bring an umbrella. Mm -hmm. I can wear a rain jacket. Mm -hmm. I cannot go outside, but it also doesn't have to stop me from doing what I am doing. And also maybe I won't do this one certain thing, but... The rain doesn't have to mean anything any more than Mercury retrograde has to mean anything. The rain might mean that you want to read a book a little bit more than you do on a sunny day, and Mercury retrograde might mean that you want to review some things in your communication more than you usually do, but it doesn't have to mean that. It doesn't mean that for everybody. Exactly. I love so much of your mind and your, like... Mm-hmm. especially because you have been in so many different modalities that you have reference to them, but you haven't, well, you're no longer, I guess. I, I would guess at some era of your life, you would say you were dogmatic in some of your belief systems. Absolutely. But now it Very. feels like they inform each other and just kind of have created more dimension to what you currently embody yes. and practice. And if you want to talk about any of your, like, I feel even though I want to do freeform conversation because it always goes glorious places, I also am really open to you sharing some of your mm-hmm. history and kind of interviewing a little bit because I was I was making a list before we got on the call of some of the things that you've brought to my life because I was like, I know that Emma has been a catalyst for a lot of things in my life. And I started listing things that I was introduced to by or through you specifically that are still part, like an important part of my life. And I think I was getting close to 20. Oh my gosh. And I was like, it's like an expansion pack came into my life. And it was clearly stuff I was really ready for, but I had no idea how ready and how much I was craving Mm -hmm. so much of it. And specifically, not even just the things that you brought into my life, but how you brought them into my life. Because you brought astrology. You brought the tarot. But the way that you brought them wasn't wasn't at all like I had seen them being done in the mainstream, like where it was just mm-hmm. like if you're a Scorpio, you're this this, and you're bad, and you know, <laughs> or 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 like divination. It wasn't like who are you going to meet and what kind. Like it wasn't. It didn't yeah. have that vibe to it. It had more of what I'm deeply interested in of 
what is going on in this moment with me and how can I direct my focus and how can I be more in touch with the present moment and Mm -hmm. create my life more consciously. And that was a whole new flavor. Like when you showed me my birth chart and talked through like my Sagittarius stellium, I was like, finally, someone gets (laughs) how it is that I show up at these parties and everyone responds to me like I'm this fiery being, but in my private life I feel Uh like this deep water squid (laughs) that yes and people get so thrown by that or think that I'm being fake in the one or not real and I'm like it is all me but I don't seeing that expressed that I was not just this one identity that I'm you described a complexity about me that matched my experience of myself and that made it be like, yeah. okay, so what do you know about this? And what is this stuff? Because it actually feels relevant now instead of just simplified and whatever it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, like what, what this is sparking is just like the quick, the, the quick, the quick, the quick look at when I was introduced to astrology, like I thought astrology was like a lot of bullshit for a really long time. Yeah. And no offense to anyone, like a lot of it can be if you're taking it and just like applying it like a cut and paste. Yeah. And I don't mean like bullshit, like people don't know what they're talking about. It's, and it's, it's just oversimplified, oversimplified. That's what I, it's, what really blew my mind is, and I really think Sage Popham, who he's my herbalism teacher. Mm -hmm. He is the one who primarily taught me astrology. And so he, he runs the, um, school of evolutionary herbalism and to take the whole framework of astrology and to ground it here on earth Mm. as a seasonal or erase that start over a way to relate to ourselves and all of life like in a on an elemental basis Mm -hmm. that is manifesting itself as our seasons as the shiftings and changings here on earth it made it all super understandable and so then all I needed to know was okay well what sign quote unquote are we in right now what does that season feel like what is this telling me about these elemental qualities and then now how do I apply that to myself how do I apply that to others etc etc it makes it usable it makes it yeah. It's like and usable truth, yeah. and to me, it's like, does it increase my connection or my feeling of connection or not? And it did, like, across the board, the way that mm. you present astrology... That's a good question. ...increased mm-hmm. my feeling of connection and compassion for other people, especially. Like, yes. seeing their charts, and, didn't, it didn't feel like um, I was dismissive, or it was more like, oh, that's why. I see the blend of earth and air in that person. Of course mm-hmm. they don't have much access to their feelings, or not to say of course, but, you know, there is... I can appreciate what they're bringing to the table in a different way than if I'm just kind of looking at like, why aren't they processing things just like I'm processing it, you know? Right. It's appreciating the variety and the variety, how it expresses itself and to see that everybody is working with a different template. I mean, to say it one, yeah, a different template, a different makeup, a, a different, a different lens. And I really, I mean, astrology helped me understand myself primarily to begin with. And that was just such a revelation just to see the elements, you know, like talking about like the great elements, like water, earth, fire, air, ether. I don't know how that weaves into astrology. I know it does. (laughs) I know. Yeah. I'm still. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, and because I was thinking earlier today, because I have a pretty high, like, 
I can get fairly cynical even about things that I enjoy and believe. Like all of a sudden I'll be like, listen to you as if that's your Pisces moon. Like you're just saying that for, you know, like I can be pretty like, (laughs) this is ridiculous. But then I thought, you know, it is, it just feels like another way of identifying the flavors and the soup. So in a present moment, it's just a framework that can be helpful. Yeah. For clarity. Right. And so Mm -hmm. like, even like I have this, um, I have this new bird app, which I keep talking about to everyone. Um, have you heard of the Merlin app? I haven't. I think it's maybe the, maybe the Cornell ornithology lab put it out. But anyways, one of the things it does is basically Shazam for birds. So you can turn on the sound recording and it will listen for birds and it will tell you which bird it's hearing. And so through that, I've identified more of the birds that are kicking a, a ruckus up in the pines. That's awesome. So I sit there in the bath in the forest in our like farm trough and have it on listen at the birds. And bird song is beautiful in its own right. And there's ones that just give you a certain sort of feeling more than others, or at least for me, there's mm. ones where it's like, oh, who are you? And knowing a name for it doesn't make, it doesn't change that that has an effect on me or give it a different, it just gives me a little bit more color and texture to what I'm hearing, similar to like totally. the, totally. what is it, the yes. green curtain idea that Stephen Buhner talked, is it Stephen Buhner that wall, talks the, the green, green wall. wall? Well, it's kind of a pervasive in the herbalist community. I don't know who it's first attributed to, but yeah, the concept of the green wall, Yes. which anyone, anyone who's listening who is, doesn't matter who you are, you know the green wall because it's the way our minds do not pick out the details of like each specific plant right. and once you start to get to know like I remember the first time I started to really get to know mullen all of a sudden mullen is everywhere, is everywhere. and yeah it's not like it just showed up it's just it's you recognized that I just it. didn't see it before yes. and that's I mean that's just been a constant process I've been going through which is so it's such an epiphany moment and I love that which what I wanted to say is like I have had the same exact like this summer was the like great falling of more of my uh, green wall in the sense that (laughs) so much more came down like even individual Mm. grasses like Mm. grass species like that's the next level I want to get at is like knowing the grasses but yeah there's this because I love Steven Buhner I love his work it's so powerful for me but he he was pretty adamant in the sense of like don't get hooked on the surface level like the name it's not you know he had a thing with taxonomists. It's like, you're getting stuck in the details. It's more about your living experience Mm. with the plant. And I value that so much. But when I was thinking about like, why am I so obsessed right now with like identifying, like Mm. I was collecting field guides and like, yeah, like going to town with like, what is this plant? And not just plants, but birds, animals, insects, et cetera. And I realized it's because it's, yeah, it's the texture. It's, like the additional color mm-hmm. in the palette, it's the additional, it's like more of the beauty. Exactly. And to be able to distinguish it is to be able to recognize yeah. it. And to be able to recognize it is to be able to immerse oneself in the beauty of that which it is. And that is so valuable. And I agree fully. And part of the beauty to me is also the name of it because it feels like a name is sort of like the basket where you can start putting the collection of your experiences of that thing. So having it, even if you're calling it a different name than what the scientific name is or whatever, if you have a name for it that you can start kind of hanging all of your experiences with it on, but realizing that there's a name that other people have called it, you can start finding out, it adds dimension because you can start finding out what their experiences were like with it. And 
I like, do love that part having too. the Mississippi kite and being able to look that up. Um, which did I mention? Mm. That's one of the ones that I've been hearing. There's like a family, oh, cool. a family of Mississippi kites that have been that live in the <laughs> pines, and so now I know their call and recognize them. And I looked that I looked them up and was just seeing different things about their habits and what people have associated with them. And one of the things was like the that they they symbolize. I mean, there were various associations, but one of them was they symbolize people who have a rich inner world. And like to keep to themselves. <laughs> and I teared up. And I just, because that feels like the season that I'm in right now. And I've had moments of like, man, am I lonely or am I just alone? And I like, it goes back and forth. And I think that sometimes I do feel lonely. But sometimes I just feel so stoked in my own internal world that it doesn't feel like there's anything wrong with mm. there not being people around. And also, the more you know the trees and the birds and everything you're not alone absolutely (laughs) you're very much not alone very much not alone and having them like flying overhead and calling and then having that association I was like oh it's me and the kites that's a cool recognition too I I mean I feel like those are those broader taps on the shoulder like we see you and not like you're separate from us like exactly like we're all here together and we recognize who you are because we recognize we recognize ourselves in you. You know, we're like, like it's, I don't. Uh, it starts to get very circular at a certain point, but I I think that that's I mean that's always my interest is to step more into that right. circular or infinity loop way of perception because that seems to be the perception that that seems to be the gateway into the kind of insights that bring us out of our myopic, whatever it may be, myopic perspective on whatever, ourself, others, something that's going wrong, this, that, the other thing. It's the Mary Oliver insight with the wild geese where she says basically like, whoever you are, the wild offers itself to you. Like I know she actually says something with the calling of the geese. Um, And I can't remember the line right now. I want to come back to the green wall, by the way, I'm putting a pin Okay, that. cool. But I also want to tell you that there's a development with snakes. Oh, cool. My uh, friendliness or not so friendliness, my ease with snakes, whatever it is. So um, I know that I'm pretty sure I told you that we found a copperhead when we were clearing some rocks in you the did. woods. Mm-hmm. And that experience, I feel like there's kind of these benchmarks or gateways or boss levels or something. And then once I have those, then there's one <laughs> to a new level. And Several of them happened with you, like when we met the injured snake, because basically I decided, I, what was it, 2018, or I don't know, there was a year where all of a sudden I just decided that I wanted to be more comfortable about snakes, because they've always, not always, yeah. I used to catch garter snakes and be okay-ish with them, but a little squeamish, but they've just kind of always sketched me out, and I'm very conscious of them whenever I'm in nature, I'm always watching out and feeling like, for some people it's spiders, but for me it's snakes. Anyways, and I decided I wanted to get more comfortable with them. And uh, when we were at which campsite were we? And you found an injured we were the Garden snake. of the Gods. Garden of the Gods in Illinois. In Southern Illinois. Southern mm-hmm. Illinois. Johnny right. National Forest. Yes. And we walked. It felt so ceremonial. We walked to where the injured snake was. And I, I, I crouched near it and was with something that I'm usually a little unnerved by as it was in its suffering and possible final moments. And that was one, one gateway where it was like, oh, this is a being that 
also mm. experiences discomfort and end of life and it's just a natural state so um i can't remember actually the second anyway skipping the steps uh the copperhead one was a change oh no there was one on the family farm it was the first time i saw a snake when i was out tromping through the hills at my grandparents farm and it was long and black and it was slithering across the path and it halted and I halted and we just looked at each other and for a second I was like is it still alive because it's still so still and as soon as I thought that it just slithered its tongue out and I was like okay you're still alive and I just looked at it and I kind of spoke to it and I said I'm a little nervous about you but I kind of think you're a little nervous about me and I think you just want to go on your way but I think you don't want me to watch where you're going so I'm going to turn around (laughs) and when if you want to go, you can go. And so I turned around and when I turned back, it was gone. So it seemed like it did want to Mm -hmm. be unobserved going home. But that experience gave me the impression that snakes have cat energy, which helped Mm -hmm. a lot. Something you can relate to. Yeah. And didn't feel like, I was like, they want to be left alone and I want to leave them alone and give them their space. And that's, I'll just watch out for them. And it's not like they're hunting me. They're just trying to live their lives. And then the copperhead was under a rock and we ended up relocating it but through that whole process it was so relaxed and like it was not aggressive and it seemed like it had been there for a while around us so it wasn't Mm -hmm. like it was you know trying to and that experience changed and now when we were uh doing some raking in the woods a little one slithered across I didn't recognize what kind but I said oh a snake a little snake and then I was in the bath yesterday and in the forest and uh (laughs) not because we don't have a bathtub in the house so when I say in the bath it's going to be the forest at this point um and Ethan was in the hammock and I'm like look at that and under the pine needles like the bed of the forest floor there was just this ripple wave. So a little snake, I'm guessing, was slithering under. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, again, just kind of delighted to see it. So anyways, there's development. So your, your, your innate response has shifted. My innate, that's it. My innate response has shifted. Maybe not, I say, okay, innate. As I use that word, I was like, I don't know if I agree with that. Your learned response? My practiced response. Your practiced yeah, response. Right. It wasn't mm-hmm. innate. It was one I learned. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. Yay. So anyways, bridging beliefs. Yo. Yeah, green wall. You want to go back to that? I feel like there's something for you. I feel like I held court on the snakes. Okay, well, I wanted to to say that I do. Okay, it's in my mind. I can say part. I can say his name. Honestly, I was like repeating. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna repeat his actual name. The audio because it was like, honestly, the fact that I cannot properly say this name is. I'm not embarrassed, but it's. If I was embarrassed, it would be embarrassing. Well, it's because it's someone important to you, so you want to show like. You know how to say it. It is important to me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What? Paramahansa. Paramahansa. Yogananda. Yogananda. I was missing that middle. Ma. Paramahansa. And that's Diary of a Yogi? Autobiography of a Yogi. Okay. Autobiography of a Yogi. So those are from the Buddhist days? My Buddhist days. Your Buddhist days. In particular, he's more in the, not more, specifically in one of the great rivers of the Hindu tradition. Like his teachers were Hindu. But like like all spiritual traditions, there's the rivers and streams and the various mystics. And to say that one is one thing is like, that doesn't necessarily 
identify anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> and my question in all of it is, does it touch into the essence? That's yeah. really all I feel like I, I end up that. caring about. And recently I was contemplating this and I can see all the frameworks that I've so far mm learned and lenses I've learned to see through and it's still like it's ongoing right like yeah. I'm just gonna start a new one here yeah. really soon yeah. right but all these frameworks it's like you can imagine like stencils right and they all have different Ooh. cutouts and now you overlay the stencils in a stack it's a and it's like where are the places where it goes straight through yeah oh. because that's the essence and every framework I am certain every framework you can find the essence or just for almost every. I think every, but <laughs> if someone I? really wants to be particular. And the reason I think that is because if someone is receiving through pure inspiration hmm. a framework that then becomes a tradition in some way, shape, or form, they are receiving it from their direct experience with life their direct experience with the quantum nature of reality and it's downloaded to them or uploaded or you know revealed or realized and so it's there's always that essential core that touches in to the same heart that's pervasive through all things in form and so i like finding the essence i <laughs> Love you for that. And that explanation is so good. The the idea of all of them laying, like laying all of them over and finding the part yeah. where it goes straight through. That feels, yeah. I feel like I've tried to say it in different ways and that, that imagery works really well for me. I love that. It feels helpful to me because when I contemplate all the various lenses on one level, surface level they could look really different yeah, or there's contradictions or feel like there could be yeah and some especially depending on what level you're looking at like of course in my early 20s so devoted to my experience in the buddhist world i could not conceive of finding wisdom anywhere else mm -hmm. and i see that now as not a negative limitation, but just inherently limited. Right. Because if it's a cosmic force, it kind of feels like it should be findable <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> right. I mean, th that was something that came to me some time ago. Just, I, you know, when I say came to me, I just mean like a phrase that it's like, ooh, savoring that, that nugget. And that thought was, if it's true, it's true in every dimension. I love that one. Yeah. yeah it feels relaxing to me. It, it reminds me, too, of the – I can't remember the name of the book. But you had a compilation of poems, prayers, texts from various mystics. Was it the love poems from God? That's it. I was just recently – okay, I just found it in storage, and I was just thinking about St. Francis of Assisi's poem about um, telling – uh, t teaching about the sacraments to the squirrel and then the squirrel runs into the nest and comes back with like an owl feather and like an acorn and whatnot and St. Francis of Assisi goes like oh yes my dear one like you understand like everything imparts his grace oh Emma you and St. Francis I could totally see you having that interaction with a squirrel that feels just like you were telling me what you did yesterday or today I know. Oh, thank you okay but by the way not yesterday, but the day before, Victor and I were sitting on the deck. This is at my mom's house in southeastern Wisconsin. And we saw, okay, squirrels are so badass. The squirrel was hanging by its feet 
upside down along the trunk eating a nut and so it was shelling I think it was a hickory nut and so the the shell was just falling to the ground and it's like yeah like why would you work against gravity to shell your nut like hang by your toes so smart if you can hang by your toes why not I remember once I feel like it was maybe uh, not devil's lake governor dodge general dodge as Mm. I used to call it uh (laughs) when we were on a hike I feel like we posited that Ethan and Vic uh, our partners would come back in the form of squirrels. Like we would recognize them in animal oh. form. Like I, it was just like one of those fun, silly games where we were just imagining if they came back as animals, what kind of animal? And I was just like, oh, we. I bet I could recognize which which they were. Like I feel like definitely they would have, squirrels. Yeah, definitely squirrels. Definitely. It's probably while they were climbing the trees that it came to us. They'd probably be squirrels. I mean, Victor speaks to the squirrels like wherever we are. I have witnessed him having incredibly close encounters with squirrels i think it's a kinship thing the the two of you together i could look through this list that i made of all the things that you introduced (laughs) to my life but the two of you together you how do i say this you represented like the greatest possibility like i haven't seen very many people living uh how do i say this how do I bring this praise to you? <laughs> but it, it, felt, it feels like, I, I think especially for the, the year that we met you, it feels like there was a certain, there's a certain like wave that people live within and framework that they understand the world. And you meet some people who are a little more towards the fringe of that within, you know, whatever culture, but what culture I was living in. I had met some who were kind of near a fringe, but not really. And it feels like mostly there was just a certain model of what is possible with animal interactions, with healing your body, with all these things. There was like a certain uh level of what is reality and how, what's possible. And I feel like you and Vic separately and together modeled so many new possibilities Mm. where you disrupted the paradigm. You disrupted, and it it was such a breath of fresh air because I wanted the paradigm to be disrupted, but I was a little unsure about taking some steps myself and seeing people who were like, healing their wounds by packing it with Yara or you know doing the things where it's like (laughs) oh like I think the time when I we worked with my uh apparent kidney infection Mm -hmm. I remember it being like okay this feels like a trust fall like if I can relax into this and actually heal this without Mm -hmm. the scary like I've got to go to the hospital and medical bills and all that if I can do this this is a new I've I've created more peace more trust in this mm-hmm. other way of being and this other way of addressing things in my body and another mm-hmm. way to like another another way to address if I feel fear rising up it doesn't have to mean that the fear means I have to behave this way or do this thing I can also just tell it we're okay <laughs> and this is what we're gonna mm-hmm. do and that was a that was a big that was a big gateway for me with gravel root and that whole experience but Mm, it's such a nice reflection I mean I really I as I say that too it's like it is it is a reflection right as you said it's like that's what you're looking for but also you know I wouldn't say like I can't look back at that time or even say like you know I was just like they're modeling that like I I I I was in such a 
I almost want to say desperate, which feels so <laughs> resistant. But I, tr- but I mean, you, such yeah. a strong state of seeking. Like yeah. it was so strong within right. me. Like my desire to know, it did feel at times desperate, and yeah. that was because I felt like it was out of my reach. Right. And eventually, you know, like over the years that I've known you, because really, I, you know, I've had like so many significant shifts in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just say, like, starting when I was 16, that's, like, the first one where it's, like, oh, I'm not just a body. Like, whoa, like, there's consciousness. And, like, that first taste of that Mm -hmm. was absolutely, like, life-changing. And, like, I didn't stabilize that. But having experienced it, I never stopped reaching for that ever after that. And it changed the course of my whole life. And so then it's, like, well, then I went deep and it's like, okay, so it's the culture of psychedelics and cannabis and like the counterculture because they know what's up. Mm. And then it's like, wait, what are their sources? And so then I'm reading all of their, you know, I'm, of course, Esther, I'm like doing my studies, right? And then, it, and then it's like, well, wait a second, they're citing their sources as being the ancient text from India, China, and Tibet. Okay, well, I guess I got to go there now. And so then I'm like in those fields. It's like, okay, well, what's your sources? And then it's like, oh, wait, their sources are like direct relation with the nature of reality, with life itself. And then like in the midst of like all of that or somehow interwoven is like all of my just like drive to be connected with wild nature, Mm -hmm. which I think weaves into it's like that that mystical path has always appealed to me like St. Francis of Assisi, like the mystics, like they're out with nature. Yeah. Like you look at, even if you just look at Jesus out with nature. And then when you look at every single other, like recognized saint mystic throughout whatever tradition, everybody went out into the wilderness to seek their realization. Mm. And I mean, the conclusion I'm at right now, it's because nature is the great mirror of the mind. Mm. You go out into nature and you see yourself mm. and not just your small self, you see your whole self. Yeah. And um, I, this is, this has gone in a spiralic form, but what I was getting back to saying originally was like, in the course of knowing you, I was still in a huge shifting process. Like, mo- like I was years transitioning, like moving, expanding outward from the Buddhist world, but I was still trying to find my place of like, why have I felt such a strong call to move outward? Right. Why am I not being like what I used to think was the perfect Buddhist reciting my mantras during my practice, right. like living in a cave in the Himalayas. And like, now I'm feeling drawn towards like wilderness studies and herbalism and like tarot and like the quantum mind body connection. And when I met you, I was like in this I must know stage, but like so desperate because now I felt like I left the mothership, so to speak of like the Buddhist world. Now I'm like on my own untethered. Like I've taken full responsibility for my spiritual development and what would you call like the, 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 the outcome, so to speak. Like I've, I've, I've like no longer riding that wave and it's all up to me. And it felt like a life or death situation at times. And Which, you met me like at in in sort of the middle of that, like my yeah. Saturn return, right? And integrating that, and then it's like now, you know, within the let's say the past like three years, right? Like there is there's been some major, more significant shifts, and part of that is that realization, like not just the intellectual thought, but the feeling, the the true experience of like I am not reaching for anything. Yeah, I li- it's all present it's all present right now You're and present. then just like no what next yeah. now 
No. <laughs> yeah, what next? <laughs> what like, do we want to use that energy for yeah. now that we don't have to be on quest for what is the truth of reality? Right. Like, which exactly. Honestly, hearing you say that, I it, I realized that we were a pretty resonant match at the time. Absolutely. Too, because there was, you know, I was kind of suppressing and not really working through some of it, but I had kind of left the mothership of what framework I had been genuinely mm-hmm. practicing and holding and had the same, I've taken responsibility for myself, but what now? And what do I exactly. actually think about things? Yes. And there was, I think that it wasn't that you presented especially at the time, the first time of meeting you, it wasn't that you offered like, here's a consistent belief framework <laughs> no. and you should do this and that. And it wasn't, which all. I actually, that was relieving though, because I wasn't, I didn't want to be proselytized. proselytized. Can you be proselytized or does someone do proselytizing? Oof. Out, <laughs> Anyways, you know, side, I didn't, I didn't want to be recruited to a new team. I wanted yeah. available, like I wanted openness to be able to try some things, but I wasn't sure what was going to click for me. And if there had been a hard sell from you of like, this is what you should do. I probably would have been pretty repelled and stepped back because I wasn't ready to sign up for anybody's crew. My gosh, I was leaving I crew. Know. Yeah. And so there was a sense of that. I think it's an intellectual integrity and honesty that I appreciate about you where Mm. if you have come to know and believe something for yourself you'll say that and represent it as this is why and how I've come to believe this and for these reasons but you don't put it out there and if there's things that you're not sure about you say you're not sure about it but you don't put present any of it as believe this or else or you know right like this is the right way yes and that that gives me the freedom to engage with it and ask you questions and also see, Ooh, actually that hits for me too. And it, it just gives a freedom of engagement that has been. Right. It's just really been so dynamic. Rewarding. I mean, in the way I see it, especially now that I'm glad that you said what you said about, yeah, you know, we're, so, we were such a match and we continue to be. Right. And what I love about it is that it's always like a ping ponging back and forth of, our realizations, our insights in our unique lives, as we share them together, they're always, it's, it's like that, that wave that just becomes larger. It's, it's that positive interference. It's mm. the, the, or the constructive, I think that's the term constructive interference. I like the gestures you're making with your hands. I, I, <laughs> I can see that image, but I don't know the name of it. Mm-hmm. Like a helix or something, maybe is that the word for it? this the coming oh, yeah. together that would be a helix. Yeah. yeah totally yeah yeah like mm-hmm. yeah it's fun to think about our specific journey of friendship and relationship and just look at how we have grown in our own selves through this time and I'm proud of us. Me too. <laughs> I was like, if she doesn't say it, I'm, I'm super say proud it. of us. I am I super mean, proud of us. I am. And yeah. you know what what I what I'm proud of us for? I'm proud of us for enjoying our lives. Yeah, I'm me proud too. of us for creating art and right. sharing in ways that feel really resonant and fun to us and yeah. discovering that it's all about fun and yeah. the flowing of our energy. Yeah. And it's not even about like what we produce, so yeah. to speak, but it is that it's that sharing. Yeah, because something else that you and I have in common is that we we 
well, I think people could already pick up that we like to do research. We like, oh. like, we're very <laughs> studious students. Like, we're the kind of students you have to, like, tell to calm down on doing a project because we will go all in. But yeah, we I also like... I for my own writing. That has not, it's not being shared. No, no. Well, I think you were one of the... And that was another thing of like, oh, Emma keeps notebooks like I do. Like she's researching her own life, like keeping <laughs> notes about it. And like, although I did pick up from you the the tracking the moon and what like, um, or you used to at the time, I think you were tracking uh, yeah, like the moon cycle the and your cycle. Um, yeah. Anyway. So many things, right? Data collection. Like I will say that I am obsessed with data collection and not, it's never at the expense of how I feel. Mm-hmm. So I don't do it to the point that I have this inner tension <laughs> needing, but, but I naturally collect data. Like right. my notes on my phone, I have, I, there's probably 40 folders and all of them have subfolders <gasps> and it's great. I feel it's very organized and it's not something that I had to sit down and then compile everything. It's just been this natural outgrowth of how I compile information and it just feels fun to me. I would- it feels yeah, I would low key like to see the organization privately. You don't have to share that with the class. But <laughs> well, what I was going to say though is that we have an achiever in us, like a kind of overachiever mm. sometimes. That I think that that's why when you say that you're proud that we're letting ourselves play, mm. one mm. of the parts is just like we are so kind of like oh how can we achieve that I can get into the mode of like how do I do this right. How do I do it perfect? Mm-hmm. How do I make it better to my standards? And realizing that my standards are kind of exacting and exhausting, and I maybe should let my standard be, how can I do it so it feels fun? How can I do it so, like, not how so I can get this result, but so the, I get the result of that, that that I did what I wanted to do and that I feel good about exactly. doing Exactly. I, I mean, that to me is, right, these days, and I would definitely agree with you, in the sense of that desire, um, basically hinging my satisfaction upon a sense of being productive in some ways. And that's really just a habit that, I mean, I don't entertain anymore. And I, I did for a long, long time. And now for me, a productive day is a day that I have felt good the whole day or most of it dominantly. And you know what I find, which is hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> if I dominantly feel good, I am productive yeah, right. because I'm inspired. inspired and I'm so jacked on life. Just, I can't stop myself from exactly. doing because the doing is the joy. Yeah. And it, for me, that was the big switch. And like, I know we've talked about this. You're in the same boat where it's like, the switch from hinging uh, like our sense of satisfaction on getting it done to satisfaction first and then like whatever flows from that. And then it just turns out that like in satisfaction, like everything flows right? and feeling like there's this thing that I got to do that I like don't feel inspired to do that. I don't know how to do all of a sudden it's like, like the, the, the breaks, the tension. And that, yeah, like it's productive for me to recognize when I have inner tension. Right. That's productive. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and then to stop yeah. and to go like lay down or meditate or go take a walk or do yep. something completely different. And right. it's so funny because, you know, especially now with publishing weekly true nature, Ooh, yeah. there's 
definitely a sense of a deadline in the sense self-imposed. I have said I'm publishing every single week, every single Thursday it's coming out. And I have noticed this amazing phenomenon where if I just loosely trust that something will come out, even if I have no loosely trust that something will come out, it's the casual thought. If you have the casual thought of it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Emma, loosely trust. That might be the the casual thought. Yeah. 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 And when I, because, because the, the alternative is the thought of like, oh, I don't know what to write. And immediately when that start starts to get going, the inner tension starts right. and now inspiration is blocked. Like right. literally less vital force is flowing through right. me at yep. that moment in time. Right. Yeah. And th- it's, it's so fun to trust what's going to arise and to not need to know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in the wave. You're like happy on the surfboard in the waves. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I am. And it keeps proving itself to me, though. And that's what it's not that I'm just blindly trusting. It's that I've learned to trust in the little ways that have showed me. And so now with this thing that means more to me, I'm able to trust and seeing the seeing the proof, seeing the proof, which it is. That's that is the thing of like it is there's a is there a bit of blind faith at first, but starting where you can, sure. you start with some things. Yeah. And then when you start to see the results with that, you're like, maybe I could do that on the bigger issues too, or quote unquote, bigger exactly. issues. Like, let's just yes. say for the last several months, I knew there was something that I quote unquote needed to do that I was procrastinating on. And I just did not feel inclined to do it or have to mess with it. And I wanted it just taken care of and I didn't <laughs> want to have to do it. But I knew I was going to quote unquote have to, and I was putting it off and putting it off. And it got to the point that I really was like, this is nothing. Like, it really shouldn't even be on my plate. I don't really feel like this is a thing. This shouldn't be a thing. And then, Emma, the day that I was like, this is the day. You cannot procrastinate anymore. You have to get to this. But it also feels like you really don't have to, but you're going to do it today. You're just going to do it today just to get it done. It was, I got an email basically that it was taken care of, that I don't need to do anything about it. And I was like, if I had put in effort to try to get this thing yeah. to happen, and yeah. then f- I, there was no right. need. Like, it, there was genuinely right. no need. And so the it's feeling that I needed to feeling. coerce myself to do it, that's where I start. It used to be, oh, this is mm-hmm. me being a responsible person. And now when I feel like I'm trying to coerce myself to do something, that's when I get the flag of, mm, what? What are you, what's going on? Does that actually need to happen? Or why do you exactly. feel like what's out of whack here? Like if it's, something's having it's like to be pushing forced. pushing against that membrane. It's like, no not that direction it's not like that. we came from that it's way it's not, not that. that way right and it also feels like i was i was talking about this phenomenon with ethan yesterday too because we just both were hit with a nap wave and i was like i'm gonna lay down for this nap it's also possible that i will feel so jolted with energy that i'll need to get up but i'll do my best to not disturb you when i get up and he was like what are you talking about like you're in a nap wave and then you're gonna just feel i'm like because sometimes if I let myself feel the fatigue and lay down mm-hmm. and tell myself it's fine, just rest, I'll lay there and all of a sudden my brain will start unpacking things and I'll start thinking about all these things that I'm really excited to do. Mm-hmm. And when I think about those things, I want to get up and do them right away. Vital force, back in. Exactly. So sometimes it's just an energetic nap. It's not even a physical nap and exactly. I can reboot. But not always. Sometimes it's a physical nap. But, but I mean, that's the whole thing with – 
focus and resistance. It's like the whole reason we feel tired ever is because we've been focusing in a way that is depleting. Right. Even in a small way, the amount of life force flowing to us. And all we like (laughs) the other day, this is actually a couple weeks ago. The last time I remember needing to like really take a like about face and I put on my headphones and did I with no timer meditation like in the morning mm, every morning it's 30 minutes a real treat. With, with Victor right but yeah. like this was like I need to not have a timer and I need to like totally drop everything I'm focusing on right now and just get back to my center and feeling good mm. and when I finally felt totally recalibrated and I did it was 25 minutes. Mm. And I thought I was like, this is a really good teaching for me because 25 minutes is not a long period of time. And I've definitely had experiences where it was even less than that, but it was a great experience of like, I felt seriously out of whack to the point that if that, that would have just been like my whole day, like the rest of it, it's just like gone. But I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to like get a handle on my focus right now. And 25 minutes that, that, that makes it feel like no matter what is going on, I can get back to center. Right, exactly. That it doesn't take time. It just takes the relaxing of the focus. Which exactly. so often feeling like, hi, baby. Hey. <laughs> I was going to uh, grab two because I heard her scratch. Oh, thank you. Door. Thank you. I hi, was wanting her to be let out. Hi, Emma. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> I miss you, too. Uh, this is the best oh. moment. Um, oh, Oh, I didn't know it was a video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hell yeah. Let's hang out sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Aw. Aw. It's really good to see you guys. You Aww. look great. Thank you. You, you look both look too. really radiant. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, she's, I think oh. she hit under the bed. Oh, did she? But if I hear, oh, no, she's right here. Okay, good. I heard two has been kind of scratching to go out, and I was waiting for a moment where I could go and let oh, her out. Okay. But Ethan yeah. heard her and was going to take her out. So. That's cool. Yeah. How nice. Yeah. The animals. They all like to be in different spots all the time. I don't remember where we were, but it's all right. It's okay. Uh, we can do it. This could be like a yeah, shift change. This could be a shift change. Yeah. I do want to mention, so the green, I do remember, I keep wanting to call it yeah, the, green the green curtain, but it's the green wall. But I mean, that's the same thing. Same green, idea. I mean, I like green curtain. That almost sounds more poetic. Well, the green curtain parted for me. <laughs> in meeting you which it had been you know how that happens where sometimes you're aware that you put out the call and sometimes it's like a subconscious call where you totally just like when I met Victor and he like knew all about mushrooms and it was like wait like you can just go into the woods and find mushrooms like I didn't realize I've been calling this to me right for years wanted to know that and I think that this one might have been a conscious one I I think that I had kind of identified for myself that I wanted to know more about plants and specifically not just plants because I was in an environmental whatever degree Mm -hmm. but I wanted to know plants like I could be walking by something in the wild and be like oh that's that plant and it can heal a wound like I really wanted to know like I was Mm. looking at more like the medicinal properties at that time that was more my Mm -hmm. area of interest and then you show up for that canoe trip and I'd met you maybe once before and like you had been this like oh who's this couple who's bringing their own like beets in a jar (laughs) to eat (laughs) hippies with this jar of beets but then uh for the second time it was when we were getting ready to go on our our annual canoe trip with the friends in wisconsin and you showed up to the farmhouse and you just said oh you have yarrow in your front yard 
do you know yarrow? And they were like, no. And you went out and showed them yarrow and started talking about all the medicinal properties of yarrow. And I was like, this one knows. She knows what I want to know. I remember that. And and not to say, I mean, I could have picked up books or whatever, but having a person who knows Mm. plants and loves plants is such a... It's Absolutely. such a different experience. And it's it's an empowerment. It's like a transmission of a lineage. Like I had that the um, summer I met Victor, we took a road trip in August. It was 10 days and it was, it was, I had been working, I was in vacation rentals at the time and it was a pretty stressful, like high stress, I would say situation because mm-hmm. you're bouncing in between people who are renting a property and the owners and like making everyone happy and having to troubleshoot and I was like pretty much burnt out besides the fact that I really wanted to be in spiritual communion with the land you know (laughs) like I'm in vacation rentals was kind of the opposite way (laughs) but yeah so I, I met Victor earlier that year and um that summer is when we like really connected and so we took this 10-day road trip and we put a futon mattress in the back of his Ford Edge it fit perfectly it was amazing and we hit the road and one of our first stops was Colorado where his niece Gina was living at the time and she was living in a it was like a one room sort of subdivided ish cabin up in the mountains um, outside of Nederland with her friend Mm. and I, we walked in the cabin and, oh, I just got chills all over my body as I think about this. It, like the whole cabin was full of drying herbs and jars of Mm. tinctures and I'm Mm. sure oils. And like, I didn't know what any of this was, but I wanted that. Like, and when I say that, I mean that energy. And so, you know, in our course of our time there, I remember one of the nights um, Rachel pulled out some of her tinctures and mm-hmm. she, the first tincture I ever tried, it was an OSHA root tincture, which OSHA only grows high elevation, um, in the Rocky mountains and also in the more further mountains, further West, but, um, well known as a Rocky mountain high elevation plant. And it's in the same family as like, um, Queen Anne's lace, Angelica, mm. like that, um, and uh, oh, wild par- cow parsnip. So it has that same sort of look to it, and um, mm-hmm. wild parsley. Um, and I remember that she held such a reverence for this plant, mm. for the, I mean, for the root. And like, I understand so much more now. Like, right. okay, you know, these are these are not just like plants. They're not just like, I mean, they are plants, but they're right. but they're not just like this inanimate object, right? right? Like, yeah. these are these like living beings, like right. sharing their their bodies, their energy, their life force, their essences. And I was completely sober at the time. So no cannabis, no alcohol, no anything, anything, anything. And this tincture, like I knew it had alcohol in it. And it was like a really big deal for me to Mm -hmm. like try this medicine. Mm. And it felt so special to me. And like, I just remember like having it like in my mouth basically and just feeling this sense of like this is what I want to do like Mm -hmm. I want whatever this is because I didn't even know what it was right you know and I I want to do what she's doing I want to be digging the roots you know I want to be I I I want to be like a bear you know (laughs) that that was that's really kind of what it's like and um 
so funny because it's not like I went the next day and like became an herbalist. Like I didn't even still know that it was the thing that you could like study right. or, but I received that transmission Yes, from her. It's hard and to that... even picture you not knowing that stuff. <gasps> I mean, because by the time I met you, it felt like you were further on the plant path. And so I had the same experience like, oh, I want to be where she is. And then, you know, within a little bit, not, I never got, I, I wouldn't say that I've ever gotten to where you are because I didn't go into studying herbalism deeply. I was more of a, but you dabbler. can with their essence, which is, that's, you I know dabble. what I mean? Like, what I know is useful for, right? A whole, you know, a certain, but you have, like, the core, you have the core connection, it's, which I think is. It, it, felt, it felt like it was the raising of the, like, is it, it's like either quieting down or, or raising or maybe both of the dials to be able to just feel the connection, like, if I see self-heal or plantain or one of the mm. plants that I have a relationship with and also the new ones, mm-hmm. there's ones where like you just kind of breeze by, but then there'll be one where like, who are you? Totally. Like, what kind of bird are yeah. you? What and, kind of bird are you? Yeah. yeah. And different for different people. And then mm-hmm. just looking at what, or getting to know why that one is standing out. But I, I don't feel like I don't feel like it was ever a strong calling of mine where I wanted to be feel equipped where I can now be doling out things to people or giving. Mm, like, yeah. I, however, I I have I, I show everyone plantain. Like if there's one gospel that I preach, it's probably plantain just because it's <laughs> everywhere and it's such a useful and a friend. Gospel. And it is a great gospel. It's good, good news. Word. Hey, I want you to know that if you're cut or have a sting or if you have a an, an irritation, there's this everywhere almost everywhere for you and it, it just also I think it also just gives you bleeding it see just well, just to put that out there like I discovered this when Yarrow isn't around you can use plantain that's good to know that is good to know mm-hmm. I think it's also just even if someone never uses it I want it feels like a, a energetic package of I want you to know that things are there for you that you may not even realize are there for you or that there's abundance. Like if you're living in scarcity and you think everything costs money, plantain is free. Plantain (laughs) is free. You know, like it's seen as a weed. Like the fact that so many things that are seen as being obtrusive or unwanted are actually riches that you could convert into, you can convert just in your own seeing of them in a different way. Like you don't have to actually do a conversion of them. Right, right, right. But just seeing them and being aware of that might help you know that things are actually more on your side and that the constructs we've made about what what a market value is or all of those things are just constructs and you can change your construct and see absolutely how abundant and rich things are. It's it's like, you know, two different metaphors. It's the garden. Like it literally is we are in the garden. Like everything is here for us. Like wealth doesn't come from another planet, like everything. And I'm not even just talking about money, but like the riches of the world, like everything is here for us in ancient Indian cosmology. And we're talking about the cosmology that underlies, let's say a lot of Buddhist thought. Hmm. They talk about a time before there were even, I think before the sun and the moon, when light emanated from our bodies and there were wish fulfilling trees and the wish fulfilling tree. Sometimes that's like an epithet, even like for the Buddha himself or mm. themselves. Um, but 
but there's this idea that there or also like in in a pure land in a buddha's in the universe that naturally emanates from a buddha an awakened being there are wish fulfilling trees Mm -hmm. and the more i like I remember first going to, Victor and I did a seven-day Tom Brown wilderness survival course in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey, and this was many years ago, and it was, the more that I learned about what is actually available in the wild, the more I realized, like, wait a second, like, these are wish-fulfilling trees still. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing that we've lost is our knowledge of why they are so. Yeah. (laughs) What the wishes are and how they're fulfilled or something, like the awareness. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all, it it is all truly here. And I mean, it's really just nature taking the form of our intent. And I don't mean, like, nature is a like our slave nothing like that Mm -hmm. but like we hold pure desires in our heart and not like yearning desires but we hold these like energy we emanate like like love right or beauty and nature is displaying these things we hold oh gosh this reminds me of uh speaking of wilderness studies just the anecdote of someone I know who went through a program, one of the programs that's taught out West and they were going through, it's the year long program. And this is on the level of like wilderness mysticism. And part of their training was learning like how to hold an image of what you need in the moment and letting yourself be guided to that very thing Mm. in the wild world. And I heard like, insane stories of what people were were guided to based Mm. on the images that they were holding like completely dry piles of wood with tarps over it in the middle of a wilderness area and it's like okay we can talk about like why that may be there on many different levels but the thing that I like to tap into is like this is a quantum universe right form is arising out of formlessness yes like it's not (laughs) Like, this isn't a finite system. This is a limitless system, but it's only going to be limitless if we know it is, you know, if, like, we're able to see it that way. And then if we see it that way, then it becomes that. And we're also contributing to the field by what we're imagining and what we're focusing on. So it's not as if it's all all finite and it's been done, so we just need to work with what is. It's also being created dynamically going forward yeah each one every single one of us which what a multiplicity that like that is ooh, I like that that it kind of reminds me of we were talking about the nap idea earlier and there was something I was going to say where I feel like one of the things that I've let go of more of and I think that you have too is the feeling that when there's like we feel the tension in our body and we have the thought that's causing the tension or whatever it used to be we need to gnaw that thought <laughs> until oh. we get to the marrow <laughs> chew on that bone. yeah we need to chew on that bone we need a result like we just need to fixate on that thought or on the things that have like now piled up because we've already been on that focus and like the mm. other night I got the kind of speed wobbles and things were just starting to kind of pile up of you know, being annoying or not working in my favor or going wrong or feeling like every time I sat down, this other, like just not starting to notice an accumulation on a certain category, you know? 
And I basically just put myself to bed because I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm not going to resolve it Very smart. while I'm it's a wise woman. right Exactly. There. While I'm annoyed about all of it, it's just going to keep <laughs> gathering more annoying evidence and exactly. realizing like the whole Abraham thing about, you know, you can't the what is it? The frequency of the problem being a different frequency than the solution. And so it isn't that the problem it's not that it doesn't exist. It's that if you would right. like to resolve it, you need to allow yourself to change the dial. And absolutely that knowing yeah. that and letting go of, all right, I'm not going to try to change everything externally right now when I'm not a match to the change. I am a match to the problem. <laughs> right. It's like finding out where the solution really is, not where we think it is because that's, what has been demonstrated by almost every single human we've ever seen yeah in our whole entire lives yeah like the and that and no, and no disrespect meant no. to anybody it's like but you do it all who time. is demonstrating who is demonstrating right some are yeah some are and some, some are. know and like i think in the past it was a lot less right and now it's more like right. actually so like so many people so many people know yeah. that their focus is creative yeah, and that there, Which, it, there are these other solutions. I, and I, I'm happy I've reached this place too, because it used to be that the way the words, what words people used mattered more to me about how they mm. said what they were saying. And so I was kind of policing mm-hmm. their language, policing my language. And even when it wasn't, you know, my old framework, my new framework was, oh, no, they shouldn't use that or that, you know, like that religious term or whatever. And mm-hmm. now more similar to you of like finding the core, or the essence, I'm, I can kind yeah. of basically erase the specific word and hear the underlying essence of what's being said. And like, oh, I agree with that. They're using those words yeah. for it, but that's what I'm doing, too. Like they're calling it that. But mm-hmm. that I see how I can feel what effect that has for them yeah. and it's relief and it's more peace and it's more connection. It's more understanding and it's giving them more of a focus on what they want and it's giving them more appreciation. And that's the direction that I am also wanting to flow. They're just yeah, using different absolutely. terms to get there. And it also feels like the, that analogy we talked about with, you know, when there's a resistant thought or something that's really like not feeling good and it used to be like, well, we need to stay with that and stay with that and stay it feels like the hot burner analogy that we talked about where it's like, if you put your hand on the burner and it's hot, that's not the time to clean the stove. You need to wait for it to cool down. And I, I've come back to that analogy so many times because there are just, there kind of are thoughts or situations that are just like too hot to the touch. And mm-hmm. if I let them cool down, then I'll, I can check back in and be like, oh, it's cooling down. That's good. I can almost... Mm-hmm. leave my hand there or like do some cleanup around there now but knowing that if it's super hot I don't I don't need to push it and scald my hand right like it's not gonna that's not actually gonna that's be not, what I want anyway yeah. and then I'm just gonna be upset exactly or pissed or that's, whatever that's not cooling it down no, no. so mm-hmm. yeah it's man we've really hit a stride we really have I'll just have I like it. I like patting ourselves on the back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we've hit a stride and I, I think that the stride, 
it's the ability to come back to it too because like i'm saying all this it's not like i'm like perfectly paddling no, but my that's canoe. what i mean that's the stride yes. the stride is knowing the stride is knowing how to come <laughs> back to it and letting myself come back to it and proving yeah. it again of like oh see you're able exactly. to exactly. get right out of that and not the old way you did it the new way and it works again Dude, I was in like such a flow today and feeling so good. And I also spilled almost an entire cup of hot beef bone broth over the perforated passenger seat of our car. And I knew that that happened because somewhere in the midst of my like high level flow and like seeing all the signs in my alignment, like the triple numbers on the license plates and like things are like flowing in the green lights and like everything's moving really fast. And that's what it was. I hit a speed bump in my mind and my broth went boop. And I was just like, ah. And you know what? I knew I can't, I mean, I can, but I, don't want to make a big deal about this i want to take care of it and i want to say oh okay good to know yep i'm gonna just chill a little bit more and you know what it's not a big deal it's not a big deal i cleaned it and but you know it was interesting because it's like oh i caught myself having a couple like frustration reactions and then it's like well that would have been a further frustration reaction but i decided at that point like i think it's time to like yes cut it on this one yes yes <laughs> i think i would like to steer out of the skit now or into or whatever like just... the which is really this is another i was gonna let you know uh because when i checked in with you this morning funny story <laughs> funny story is like yesterday i was i i had had a good day but then I just let myself kind of like have a little bit of a wallow and like kind of investigate what's going on inside me that makes me feel a little weepy besides that I'm bleeding. And then I just like laid out all of this stuff. And one of the things that I mentioned was like, I'm craving more like conversation and connection and deep friendship. And I just am feeling disappointed that I'm not getting more of that. And I'm kind of like missing it. And Ethan was like, well, who do you feel that with? Like who like really kind of hits that for you? And I named off a couple names. And of course you were one of the first ones. And then this morning when I have on the books that we're going to have a conversation, I'm going to get to connect with you. I text you like, today is a good day. Cause I'm having like, you know, feeling like a little down with the energy and feeling a little bit of a headache, like no headache right now. So look, mm-hmm. good thing. I'd... Right. But I was like, maybe like Emma's chipper. feeling it too. Maybe this isn't the day. Basically, like, looking for a way to deprive myself of the thing that I actually really really wanted. What you want. Mm -hmm. Isn't that funny? And then when you were like, no, I'm feeling good. I'm like, all right, this was me. (laughs) I was doing it. (laughs) It's like sometimes, you know, sometimes if it is not in the flow or if it's, you know, I find that, like, okay, like, if I keep trying to push with this thing, and then it's that sense of like, no, actually, it's not great for both of us exactly. right now. But Which, like, because I yeah. knew it, it would be okay if it was just not good for me. That you were, of course, you were gonna, you were fine with. If I had said this isn't a good day for me, it didn't have to be a, yeah. a bad time for both of us. But I had just enough of awareness of I'm pretty sure I'm doing this to me that I'm being a little critical or like putting pressure mm-hmm. on myself to do a certain thing or be a certain way. And I'll check in with Emma, and if Emma feels good, I think it's just my inner critic that's like active right now and not like intuition that this isn't the day to do it or something right you know like right. and when I thought through what the waves were that were kind of giving me a little bit of the is this their good day I was like no those aren't the waves I want to tune into 
those aren't the and feedback. It really is right all just about having the awareness of what's going on within yeah. ourselves moment to moment. Like that really is what it's about. And I, I had this really awesome conversation with a very dear friend the other day. And they're asking me, like, do you ever ask anybody for help? Like, do you ever just struggle with something like so much that you have to reach out for help? And my first thought was like, like, no, like maybe like if I do like Victor, you know, because I really trust like his perspective, but like, it's so rare. And then I was like, oh, I ask for help all the time, but I'm not asking it of anyone outside of myself I'm asking it of like the deeper reflections of all the like of all the teachings I've ever absorbed so like yeah I'm asking for help Mm -hmm. off like everybody but I'm just doing I'm just resolving it internally yeah and sometimes yeah yeah like sometimes having a conversation with you will be super helpful and with Victor and it's like why why is that it's because we know, like, I know with either of you, if we're ever talking about something that has a focus that is not feeling good, our main goal is to, like, get to that solution frequency. Like, we're not trying to, like, drive it home into the dirt. Like, let's chew on the bone, you know? And (laughs) it it was really an illuminating question for me to be asked because I think it's really common, I mean, super common human experience to, like, talk to each other about our problems right. and like it like feel like we need help in that way and it was a it was a nice reflection for me to realize like okay yes I do ask for help but it's like sourcing it where I know I'm gonna get the clearest answer it's like your your talk yeah which I I have a similar feeling and experience and I, I think it's like we're talking to people who we trust to remind us that we can figure this out or that we'll kind of sound the clarity bell. Not that they're going to hand us the clarity, but that they're going to help us remember our clarity or tune in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's also the experience that I – there is a tendency for humans to bond about talking about their problems, but I feel like one of the things that I appreciate about our communications and our talks too is that there isn't a lot of talking – about other people as the problems anytime we're having exactly because we know (laughs) that's not (laughs) that's not really the problem but that's what I mean it's like I I crave that self-reflection where anything that I'm experiencing even if it is to do like there's someone else involved in it I appreciate that because what I can explore and what I can really control is my own experience right and whenever Sometimes when you add in another person, they want to talk about the other person more or the other people. And I feel mm-hmm. like that doesn't actually get it you It just gets the ball far. going on yeah, the problem way, exactly. right? It, and yeah. having you be a person who's very invested in our own inner dials and our yeah. own, like, how am I being in this and what am I, what am I attuned to and what are my, what is, what is my, what's active in me? And that is so powerful. And so, like, I don't – it just isn't okay. the same nourishment to just bitch about other people. 
and like I don't want to you know I as I say that too and like I don't mean to like say that other people are wrong even for no. doing that like this isn't like anyone's wrong for anything no 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 this is but just it's our just preference like, okay I know I know that what I'm seeking is the clarity yeah and so right I'm I'm looking for the clarity in this and uh this a, a revelation about like how I this is when I was still at the Umpqua River in Oregon and I, I think I was just like sitting and sometimes thoughts will come into my mind especially if I'm pretty clear-minded where in a sense it feels like someone's speaking to me but like no one's speaking to me it's just like how my thoughts play in yeah. my inner sphere and yeah. the thought the thought started with like basically like it would be interesting to consider human behavior a little bit more. Mm. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I'm, I'm interested in that. And then as I was just like entering into that space of contemplation, it was a tangible vision of how we absorb energy. And I have been studying more of like new water science, like from Gerald Pollack, fourth phase of water. Like this is, about like how we are truly like on a cellular level absorbing hmm. energy, infrared mm-hmm. energy, solar energy, energy, electromagnetic energy, and like using that to power our biology. Yeah. So, but on it, but just seeing how like we absorb. So, and we're, we do seek mutuality with each other. Like we mirror each other. So we absorb, we also radiate signals But what I was seeing is it's like, if we don't have our own discernment about like, what's really like right for us, or like, what is our alignment, our clarity, then we're just spitting back out, whatever we're mirroring. And if I mean, that could be, that could be good. That could be bad. I mean, on a relative scale of what, you know, anyone wants in their life, but like to radiate, to, to like take in the, like the pure energy of what's available, like wildly from the world and then to be able to send that back out as like our own field that's Mm -hmm. like purely our own like this feels to me like the ultimate age of Aquarius (laughs) (laughs) I'd like you to unpack that but I I do want to agree and clarify that it isn't a judgment that other people are talking about other people as the problems because I think they're doing that for the same reason that we're doing anything to feel better. Like they want to feel better and talking about the things that are bothering them. Sometimes that does feel better to vent that or relieve that. I just, because haven't we, we know that I've done it. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's just that when I get to the point, like when I'm really in a deep state, it is more of a, I, there's something within me that I am looking to resolve. And that's what I'm, more interested because then I can resolve the interpersonal easier if I am clearer in my own being and having you that's just my my knowing and my preference for myself that I don't want to just I mean here and there yeah let's bitch let's vent a little bit but my main desire is really like help me get back to the surface like I really want to look around and see what's going on and understand I don't just want to keep wallowing in the shit like I want to get out of it and so having someone who has that same bent and focus is really 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 valuable and appreciated it's it's great to hear that and it it feels like a very resonant reflection and when I think about how you know my what I consider to be like my work in the world just like being who I am passionate about what I'm passionate about and then interacting with people 
I look at, at, you know, the progression of things and now, now my interactions, especially when it's with someone who is sort of new to my field and they're coming to me because they want to talk about something that's going on with their body or their life or whatever, I, I'm at this new place of, it feels like such a good clarity where this is not about anything that I think about what's going on with them, but this is about like the ways that they can find out for themselves. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the ultimate, the ultimate like empowerment is like everyone knows for themselves. Everyone knows best. And the fallacy that someone else knows what you need on any level, and this is not medical advice, but (laughs) on any level. (laughs) Well, it's also, it, well, you can complete that thought. Oh, no, that was... That was, okay. See, sometimes I feel like we have partial <laughs> thoughts and then we springboard, but I want to make sure if there was a finish to that sentence. But the... It's the... Oh, oh, here it is. Hold on. The tail. Oh, it's... It feels like one of the greater gifts that we can offer each other is seeing... I think I was rereading some of the Clarissa Pinkola Estes Women Who Run With the Wolves, and when she talks mm-hmm. about the leg traps, I think... I can't remember which story it's in but when you can kind of like Mm -hmm. I feel like what we can give to each other if the other person is if the other person is looking for input or asking for can you mirror what I'm saying so I can hear myself or Mm -hmm. and if I'm able to say to you like tell you what I'm experiencing and you can kind of see where my leg is trapped basically it's like I Mm. keep hearing you say this Mm -hmm. and then I can go eureka you're right. Mm-hmm. I keep saying that that's what it is. And then it's yeah. like the leg trap almost, not quite. I don't want to oversimplify it. Like, oh, it just falls away by itself. But there is. It a, can. Awareness yeah. can sometimes be enough to free it. Where it's like, Absolutely. aha, that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, like, that's what German New Medicine really offers as a paradigm. And I mean, I feel like what I discovered on my own is, it, it is that. That just, like, systematizes it. In, right. And it takes it to sort of different levels. But when I have, you know, been looking at it, it's like, it's really just a basic understanding that what's happening in my body right now isn't happening because of some physical issue Mm. that needs to be fixed by physical means necessarily. That the understanding itself and that the recognition of like this pattern, how it is active still active it was started to be active and now it's been active the whole time Mm -hmm. ever since like after that pattern which is originating on the level of thought once that pattern is deactivated or soothed then you have a resolution yeah yeah, exactly yeah which yeah the the kind of natural like the idea that there's a natural momentum towards resolution rather than i've got to force my healing I've got to like yeah which there are things that can assist in the healing or in the in the relaxation even in the letting go Mm -hmm. of the fear or easing the symptoms that you're experiencing while the resolution is happening but the idea that the trend is towards healing and balance Mm -hmm. feels so good and feels to me it feels true right And okay, and so this is like the next thought that I've been having, and you know, it's popping up right now. And so this is still like a new thought, but it feels so good. It's like, think of all the modalities, right, that people like put aside allopathic medicine, 
because I don't think it applies here. But think about all the other nice modalities yeah. that people use when they're trying to heal. Mm. Like, like I'm just like all of them: Reiki, herbs, homeopathics, flower essences, massage, like anything that you would do to fix something. Now, instead of participating in that act to effect some sort of fixing of a problem what if we're now partaking in this experience because of the evolution that it's bringing to our system the Mm. evolution that it's bringing to our body it's like okay maybe you know it's just a subtle shift in perspective but it's like this is a powerful way to look at things right Because now all of a sudden we're not trying to like recover lost ground. And my, my idea that's coming to me is like, okay, well, we don't do this from a state of imbalance where it feels like there's something to heal or fix, Mm -hmm. or there are physical manifestations. It's like, this is something that's like, okay, now we're in our center and now, Ooh, that feels like a really fun idea. Right. Ooh, I feel drawn to work with this herb, not because I'm sick, but because this plant has a radiant wisdom and knowing that I think I'm feeling called to right Right. now. Right. Which is kind of ties in with the the flower essences that you you also introduced me to. What number is that? Number number seven on the list or something? (laughs) (laughs) I have it over here. I realized I realized one of the other things oh it's number ten. Um muscle testing. Uh yeah. Herbalism. (laughs) Plant IDs, floor couches, meditation, cold plunges. Breath work was either you or Ethan, but it, you were kind of, you guys were on a similar uh, modalities at a certain point or on a similar track. So oh, sometimes that's very it's hard true. to I've see. I've always felt, yeah, yeah synchronicities um, with. And then, oh, growing body hair. Oh, yeah. Because you, <laughs> you were the first representation I think I ever knew in person. And it wasn't just seeing someone, a woman with body hair. It was that you felt so grounded and happy and expressive Mm. and like a person that I would want to, like I would want to feel more in my body Mm. the way that you seem to feel in yours. Mm -hmm. And so it did have this little whisper of, I wonder if that's part of, let's just see, let's just experiment and see. And yeah. I tell you, when my leg hair sprouted and it actually <laughs> caught the wind for the first moment, I was like, oh, yeah. I remember that for I <laughs> have been missing this input of like the direction of the wind on my legs. Like, mm, I feel yeah. like I've been missing some antenna in my, on my nervous system or on my oh, body. I love that. Yeah. And yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked back. I mean, except to be like, whoo. So happy. Yeah. I, love that. I mean, for me too, I first saw, that's so funny, my first unshaven one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. In when I was 18, I mean, when I went to college and I just, I do remember these girls in particular and the, exactly the same thing that you just reflected that you saw in me. I saw it in them like, whoa, they look really free really happy really grounded in something that seems super authentic like is this is is this a part of it yes it wasn't like I like started to grow out all of my hair simply because I thought that that was gonna make no but it was something not 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 like you felt that either but it was a sense of like is it part yeah this epiphany of like wait a second 
I've been doing something very performative, yes. thinking that this is the way to be right. in my body. Yep. And now I'm seeing this other option yep. and they look like they're having a lot of yep. fun. Yeah. That's the other part is that I've just kind of been trained <laughs> that I need to do this for this reason or else what? And I'm like, or else else what? And I'm kind of looking at a lot of the or else what's right now. So why not see what the or else what is here? And I will say I did feel the like, ooh, I feel more, I feel more grounded through my legs. But I also did have a few, like for the first early time of it, I did have the, or strangers staring at my legs behind me in the grocery store sort of thing. Or like Mm -hmm. if I raised my arm, I was very conscious that I'm Mm -hmm. like, going to give somebody a fright that's not used to seeing this that was the old which I love talking about that and it is laughable now because now it just feels so normal like this is me in my Mm. kind of normal state Mm -hmm. and I I feel so largely I mean there's discontent whatever we don't need to burrow into those but I feel so much more at ease in my being than I Mm -hmm. used to that when I like when I went to uh, the pool with my nephews and my sister, I, I didn't, like, count or check everybody's armpits, but I'm pretty sure I – like, there was a very crowded pool, and I think I was the anomaly. And I didn't feel like – especially even, like, the old homeschooler thing, if you got to blend or else they're going to make fun of you. Mm. I, I – instead, it's like I can feel a little bit of the hum going around me of everyone, like, kind of uncomfortable and trying to posture themselves to feel – okay and I don't have any desire to feel that Mm -hmm. and I feel very happy with not trying to do that and so I I I really just kind of forgot and then I would kind of see or catch a couple of like reactions and like oh this is different for them but maybe it's a good different where they'll they might have the oh I guess she's okay with that and she's not gonna go home and shame that she didn't she let hair sprout in these places or whatever also my nephews uh will has said yeah, in the what car, did they say? oh when when it first like because it was new when i first went like for the first one and he was like one and a half and he he like when he first saw it he would like chortle laugh and pet it like it was a kitten for my from my underarm hair when i would raise my arms and and then he was in the car like this last summer and he was like he saw like the sunlight on his legs and he goes mom mom i'm starting to get hair like dirt <laughs> yeah so they're cute oh. they they just kind of receive it and accept it but anyway it course, it's gone from yeah. being i feel strange and i'm kind of wondering i'm aware of feeling strange and it feels like to mm-hmm. just this is just me and oh if it is strange that's okay yeah I mean I will say like I'm still conscious of it sometimes depending on where I am like I of course like I've been in my body like this for like almost 20 years now so it's but it there are certain times and that's still that those those deeper seated it's it's like that yeah what is that you know coming from it what is that like a desire to be accepted like yeah I wouldn't like I'm not running around feeling like oh I want to be accepted as a conscious thought but like I I I will acknowledge as a human like that's a deep-seated desire to want to be accepted and um the thought right even the idea that like this would be something that would 
make me not accepted like if I were to logically examine those thoughts like they're hilarious like I wouldn't even believe them but we're talking about like not unconscious but definitely unexamined um like logic patterns yeah I and yeah it feels like getting it to another like edge of comfort you know or like Uh and I know like there's certain situations or certain people where it kind of comes up a little bit more you just are aware of it and it does feel like another, usually it just feels like another chance for me to be like, okay, how can we relax into this one and let it be okay too? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. We have covered a lot of ground, my friend. I know we've taken a tour. I, that's for sure. I was. Paramahansa. <laughs> I, I had thought of, especially for guests who are musicians, having some way to share music but I don't know if the quality would be so good or. Yeah. Have... Well, I will say if everyone, um, I'm sharing music through true nature. So <laughs> that's true. if you hop on as a subscriber, depending on when you're hearing this episode, there'll be some music coming out, um, in the, what is it? The issue that goes out on the 21st, which, Ooh. It's not current. The final title isn't titled, so I can't say like this is what you should look for. But um, there's a loose. What did you call it? A loose trust that the title will come. Loose trust. Yeah, the title will come. Yeah, it's the fall equinox issue. Yeah. So, like that, there's going to be music there, and then I'll be sharing music. I think much more regularly, and for people who are interested in collecting that music, if you're a paid subscriber, you mm-hmm. get the actual download file. So Otherwise, exciting. it's just there for anyone else, free subscribers yeah. to listen to at their leisure. So, ah. I mean, I I will share a lot of different kinds of music. I'm musical in a couple different directions, and I my styles go in different directions. But definitely sharing more of a, I would say more of um more of a meditative piece or like a piece for like tuning in mm. um it's yeah just focusing more here on the autumn turning that we're about I, this upcoming sunday i'm so excited for all that i love your music and i'm so excited you're sharing mm. more of it is is any are any of the pieces the one that makes us cry i haven't oh, i <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it is i always call it king of cups and i know that's wrong no, the body of the sound is the, body the piece. Of the sound. I, That's it. I have yet to have. I have recorded it a couple times, and definitely feel excited to share that through True Nature. Excited in general to share it. I think because it, it is such. Well, as you said, like it makes us all cry, and I think that includes myself in a sense. I mean, as the performer, I don't cry, but I might as well be crying while I. That it feels like such I, a yeah. pure. Like there are just. There are things where it, it just feels like a, a a pure channel, you know, like it just mm-hmm. feels like it dropped in through you. And when yeah, you sing it, feel it that. feels like it's dropping mm-hmm. through again, fresh. Mm-hmm. And it just, it always, it always hits. Yeah. It like it's the only somewhere. way I can play it. Right. Like yeah. if, and what's so fascinating to me too, is if I play that song by myself, like in a room by myself it'll come out one way and it'll be exceptionally beautiful. If I play it for observers who are participating Mm -hmm. now in the experience with me, it comes through in a different way and not totally different, but it definitely, there's a, there's an energy behind it where like to me, when, since 
I mean, we're talking about something that's not going to be available for public consumption quite yet. <laughs> just baiting the hook. <laughs> you know, it's that it's that sense of something that's touching in on that essence, yes. right? Like that core, that shared core. Exactly. And it doesn't matter what form that comes no. in. I, you know, I just, Stephen Buhner writes about like all sorts of crafts and like touching in on the essence. And like he brings in like cabinetry and quotes from this book, The Fine Art of Cabinetry. And like you listen to this cabinet maker's words about his craft and his art and his feeling for the material and his relationship with the wood Mm. and you can tell like he is a mystic he's touching in on through making cabinets yeah so that and that's his framework that's what i love about the it the essence of it in all things like we were watching a documentary about rodney mullen the skateboarder um one of the classic early like tony hawk early era skateboarders and Mm -hmm. Rodney Mullen invented a lot of the skate tricks that happened and hearing him talk he sounds like a poet he like he studied chemical engineering he's just he sounds like a mystic and he Mm -hmm. speaks about skateboarding like you can see that skateboarding is his way of tapping into the essence Mm -hmm. and so articulate he's just worth a, a watch and hearing him speak but you, you get that sense, that same sort of almost sacred sense and that creative mm. channel. And he could do wild things with a skateboard, like things that don't make sense, except it was as if, like I, I said, it, it's as if he understood the mathematics, the equation in his mind, and then could perform it through his body and show us the math. Like I feel like Einstein could have watched him and just been delighted because mm. he would understand <laughs> the physics of how he was getting a board to slide upside down on its grip tape and which isn't the way it should slide. So the the availability of that itness in all of the all it's of the connection. things is the Man. connection. Like I I really like that you bring that up like skateboarding because it's such you would you know almost it's not a common thing right to like draw all these things together and now we're looking at something that especially I feel like in some ways is demonized well honestly (laughs) like when I first met like I could see the artistry of like I can see because there is such a such an individuality for skateboarding where it's an internal drive to express something to do Mm -hmm. something artistry it's artistry it's art and so there's the sport element but I feel like it's much more I felt more of a resonance with like, oh, I get it. That's me painting. That's mm-hmm. me writing. Yeah. But uh, the, the, it's like the connection with the material right. is what I think what I was just yes. wanting to link there in just a second. But like, as you're talking about like the grip tape and like the way he's with the board and that the physics of it, it's like, the, that's what, okay, that's this is the part that's so amazing is like, he's not doing the math no and like anybody who would do the math how long would it take them to even could they even you know like just living that equation right right and it's like because it's coming from that deeper Mm. blended sense yes of you know like the the boundary between like what is animate and inanimate like drops away and there's the diffusion not dilution but diffusion of consciousness throughout it all right and now it's that intent held like this is what and it may not even be an intent of like this is the specific outcome but there's an intent and it is 
allowing this flow to come through and i think that's where masterpieces come through on exactly like whatever craft. exactly exactly mm-hmm. and uh ooh, i had several points branching off and then they all collided together oh but i did want to say before we get too far away from it the when you perform that song or when you say your experience of doing it by yourself versus doing it around people it makes mm-hmm. so much sense to me because i was picturing it like water coming through and if mm-hmm. water's coming through and then there's other people around for it to ping and hit and like kind of course through and around, there's mm-hmm. a different experience of that water than if it's just a straight flow or just into the yeah. ground around you. And having having other, I think that's why there's the craving, not the craving, but why there's an enhancement, like making art that we like is enjoyable, right? And it brings a certain satisfaction. But there is something about, about, playing a note that you really love and hearing it reverberate mm. from other people or from other having it like connect with other people where you then get it kind of rebounds back to you and you get to have the experience of receiving yeah. it you know because you're yeah. giving it out and then when they kind of like like sing it back to you you get to receive it in a different way and I feel like that's the the joy of having an audience or having people that can witness the art and why, yeah, there's an enhancement from the sharing. Age of Aquarius, you said we wanted oh, yes, to unpack this. Yeah. It's related to this because if we look at the Aquarius-Leo axis, like in the astrology wheel, the 12 signs, Leo and Aquarius, I'm saying this for people who don't know, obviously you know, right? <laughs> but they share an axis and Leo being like the performer, the self, like the heart radiating, expressing itself mm-hmm. and Aquarius, like the collective web of like pure individuality that's also acting as one. And to like unpack the previous comment, it's like each of us and our unique genius and wisdom and own channel that is like the genius of the Aquarian web is we're not all being the same as each other. We're all being ourselves totally different. And Mm. that is like this variety and how we all weave together is so important. And so then within that axis, like that, that paradigm, we have the, the Leo, the inherent energy of it's like inherent energy of self and other through a different lens than say like the Aries Libra axis. Mm. It's still the self and other, but it's, it's this different version of it. And to have that like experience of self in our pure uniqueness, but then to be able to see that everybody's having that experience and then to see how we're all like the same in our own having yeah. of these unique experiences. Yes. yes. It's that it, it, it's a very multifaceted perspective and yet it's singular. Right. And I, I just see that more and more people are sharing their unique selves and their unique perspectives. Yeah. And I am excited for where we're all heading, Me all too. of us, like the, the next five years, the next 10 years, like this is, I think we're going to all have our minds blown in a good way <laughs> yeah. because all of us are recognizing, okay, the problems are on this level. This really is a vibrational issue. Yeah we can shift to these other frequencies yeah. and it doesn't mean we're not solving the problems. We're, we're actually yeah. solving the problems. Exactly. We're allowing the solutions. Exactly. And, 
and we're just going to let everyone's unique genius shine forth and we're not going to rely on just one person to say well this is how it is and now the the real leaders are going to be the ones who are like no I'm not the leader you're the leader of you and this is how we're going to lead we're going to each lead ourselves and then we're going to find that we're all moving together but not on the exact same path and it's not meant to be that way exactly Yes, Emma. Oh, I love it. Well, and the 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 sameness and the difference of all the things. Like the I'm going back to the Rodney Mullen thing, but he was saying like Tony Hawk landing this amazing trick that everyone knows about, like landing this 900. He's like, that's the same feeling. Like that's the same thing that a kid who lands their very first like kickflip has by themselves Mm. like it's it's the same feeling of accomplishment and joy that you've done this thing Mm, and and (laughs) like when I'm watching those documentaries like I feel like I was getting sentimental and emotional and it's like I have no desire to land and like like watching Tony Hawk land the 900 I can see it's an accomplishment and I see his friends rushing to celebrate with him and I get emotional because I think ooh how good that feels to do something that you're so proud of and then there's also people there to celebrate with you like I know what that feels like and I can see what he's experiencing in that moment with it even though that's not something that I wouldn't perform that that way that's not my art or my craft but like you say having people perform their unique genius or just be Mm -hmm. their unique genius adds to the richness of everybody because even if that isn't your like seeing somebody do that thrills you seeing somebody spin in the air like that there's a little jolt of ooh, look at that new thing that just happened in the world or that that something just accomplished or feels Mm -hmm. that elation and allowing allowing yourself to be the kind of uniqueness that you bring to the web and letting that be a signal you send out rather than I think the old way was more of a I'm checking in with like what does the web want from me <laughs> what right. do they like, want ah, the from web me wants you exactly you. and so it's like well I know me and what I want to bring and what I like doing so I can just do that and relax that what goes out into the web there will be people who are excited to receive that and those that it's like, I don't know what to do with this. And they pass it, just it goes over their heads and it's fine. It doesn't need to stop with them or whatever. But there will be, there's just all of us kind of shaking the web sort of. And there's like the vibrations yeah. coming through in both directions. And it's like that sense of, there's that, I mean, we're talking about webs. I can't help but think <laughs> of writers and webs. Of course. And just how there are these creations that maybe we share with the world that like one person sees and if that one person receives it the way we have flowed it flowed it flown it you know and Mm -hmm. it has coming from pure inspiration and they're inspired Mm. that's I mean it's worthy without anyone seeing and then if one person is moved from it that's a whole other universe yeah that's a whole and other universe. Yeah. It's a whole other universe. And wow, like, isn't that enough? Isn't that? Isn't that? Yeah. Like, it's it's just like, you know, being in the forest and like seeing this that like one leaf. Yeah. That is so like transient and ephemeral and it's this perfection and it was very important. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm getting tired. Mm, I feel it. I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm good. This is good. It is good. Yeah. It's really good. It's yeah. really fun. It's fun to talk. I mean, it's always fun to talk with yeah. you. And, and I always... I always like what we share. Yeah. I love what we share. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks for thanks for coming on and shooting the breeze with me and covering a lot of different things. I I really appreciate. I I know that you're not you don't do any of the you're not doing any of the deep dives and research and all that in order to have things to share. You're doing it for your own desire and your own joy and mm-hmm. understanding. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I really appreciate that you have all of those things in your tool belt and that you are so generous. It's so with fun. Them. I just, I can't help it, right? I mean, I don't want to help it. Yeah. No, please. <laughs> yeah. I think it's good for it's the fun web. to see how, like, so many of those things, too, were not, like, conscious endeavors. It was just, like, who feel really drawn to this right now. Yeah. And you, I just feel like true nature is... I mean, it's continuing to unfold, but it just feels like such perfect timing. I love that you like you knew what timing you wanted when you wanted to start. Yeah. You didn't rush yourself somehow, right? You I did. Didn't. You did. I know you saw me not rush. Yourself. I know, and I was so pr- and seeing how you stepped into it now, it just feels like it just feels so st- centered and stable and like such a mature expression of yourself. And it's, so fun. it's bringing I love in it. so and many aspects of the things you're into and that meditation you put out the guided meditation was so beautiful and I love you and I'm really thankful for you mm, I love you so much Esther thanks for this time yeah and give my love to Victor I will <laughs> for sure I love you and we'll talk soon I love you 